dear fans and listeners, thank you so much for being with us for episode number six. I can't believe it, Brad. Yeah. Six six, episodes. Wow. Uh, This one is about something called IOT, capital I, small O, capital T. And that is the Internet of Things. Well, what is that, you might say? So we have our expert, Brad McKenna, who's from the library. He's going to help us navigate these treacherous waters of what the Internet of Things is. So, Brad, I'm glad you introduced this topic to me because I really didn't know what the Internet of Things is. So let's start with a basic uh, definition of what that is. Sure. It's uh, anything connected to the Internet that does not require human interaction. Cool. So, Brad, when did you first learn about the Internet of Things? I know you just gave us the definition of what it is, but when did this really start to take hold as a concept? So I first learned about it when I was working for Partners Healthcare. It's huge in the healthcare industry because the example that they were giving us is those carts that the, the nurses wheel around, and those are actually connected to the Internet because most of them have to do with um, prescriptions. And what that can do is you can call up a patient's record and... Uh, if the doctor assigns them something, some medication that interacts adversely with another one, it'll not open the draw off the nurse. Wow. So there's a, and all the monitors, like the heart rate monitors and stuff like that, that's, right. those are all connected to the Internet. And those, th- there's nothing that a human needs to do in order to start sending the data. So I learned about it back then. Um, and, it, and they've been around for, for years. So it's just something that I'm not a huge expert on because it, it's really, it gets really technical. Right. Um, but right. It, I, th- I found it really interesting. Really. Interesting. So we're not going to really discuss the how yeah. that works. We're going to discuss the what it does. Yes. Really. So let me just give folks a little bit more. So the Internet of Things device is uh, any standalone Internet connected device that can be monitored and or controlled from a remote location. Oh, my gosh, that's just about everything. (laughs) I mean, cars, kitchen appliances, heart monitors. I can think of many things. And then the Internet of Things ecosystem. That's all the components that enable businesses, governments, and consumers to connect to their IoT devices, including remotes, dashboards, networks, gateways, analytics, data storage, and security. It's huge. Whoa. Yeah. So I know I've seen on TV commercials where they're showing homes where they have the little smart dial, you know, so you can kind of have your computer set the temperature while you're away or whatever. Is that part of the Internet of Things? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you you, uh, Alexa, the uh, Amazon virtual assistant, that's an Internet of Thing. And you could actually buy special hardware for like your lights or your uh, the heat in your house. And so Alexa can turn on the temperature or uh, turn off the lights or the garage door openers now have it. You can actually open the garage door with your phone by downloading an app. It's Unbelievable. It's, it's really automating everything. You know, the, the, the house of tomorrow you used to see on like Looney Tunes or Warner Brothers or whatever. That's basically, you know, what it is, is just interacting, right. um, making your house autonomous, essentially. Right. It makes me think of the Jetsons. Yes. You know, yes. push button Rosie. dinner and all that <laughs> stuff. But do we really care about the the ethical component to this or the the danger of this and aren't we getting lazy i mean it's yeah i I understand the convenience and i also understand for security if you have latchkey kids coming home from school and you want to be able to see that they're in the house so you have you know picture to picture and all of that i understand all that but aren't we getting kind of lazy yeah i think that's a big thing there's actually um i don't know if you remember back in october uh big big websites like amazon and twitter were actually shut down because of the internet of things what happened was that um 
people's home routers or surveillance cameras were hijacked and did what they call a DDoS, which is a distributed denial of service. And basically what that is is just millions of requests to a server at once, and the server can only handle so many requests, so it locked it up. And so if it can't handle any requests, you can't get to the website. So they had to not know this problem was going to happen. They kind of I mean, did, and it's kind of it it's funny because we're talking about the Internet of Things, and the first layer of security on the Internet of Things is a person. Because what happened was these uh, devices that were compromised had the default password, which is usually password. <laughs> Interesting. And so if you don't like your home network, if you go if you have a router. One of the things the um, technician should do is change the password on that router right away to something else, something that you want. Um, and you also want to lock down the, the router so that like it's not an open network. That's why I always caution people to come to the library because we have an open network, so there's no password. We've changed the password to get to the admin function on right. the network, but anybody can connect. You know, that's what I never understood. Um, let's get a little education on that. When you open a computer at the library and it says, this is a public network, yeah. mm -hmm. I know that that means everybody can see, but what does that really mean? Who so is seeing it? Public, and what yeah. are they seeing? It's and just, is that, I mean, if I go to my Facebook account, does that mean everybody in the library can see it? No, does that really work? no it just means that there's no, there's not an added level of security. Usually it means that the, the, in the, from the from the computer to the wireless access point isn't encrypted, so somebody within on the same network, if they have the fancy tools, could get into okay. your stuff. So then, let's say I'm at the library and I'm looking at Facebook. Yeah. That might be okay, but maybe I wouldn't want to order something using a credit card because that yeah. might not be secure. But that because it's know. not a safe. However, the ultimate security is due to federal laws are on the commerce side. So I think we talked about this a while back. Where you have HTTPS connections. Right. That means that the uh, the website you're connecting to in order to buy something that uh, nothing is transmitted in plain text so everything's encrypted so that you're, you're safer that way because the security is on outside the library's end. Okay. Because I think most of us, truthfully, I, I love speaking for the whole world, but um, <laughs> I think most of us ignore that when we see it. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I mean... What, you know, it's safe. And just we be just smart, click away. you know? I mean, I probably wouldn't recommend doing banking at the library. <laughs> but right. Well, but in a pinch, if you've got yes, to pay those yes, fines, you yeah. know? Um, so let's talk a little bit about the actual uh, Internet of Things concept. So there's a physical layer to yeah. this, which is the hardware that makes the device, including the sensors and things work together. Mm -hmm. Then there's also the network layer, which is responsible for transmitting the data collected. And then there's the application layer. So yeah. that's the protocols and interfaces. So there's really a lot going on yeah. here for you to get your toaster oven to go on <laughs> at 6 a.m., right? Yes. Um, but we just kind of think of it as we just push the button and yeah. go, right? It's, yeah. Now, the reason that this Internet of Things was able to actually be created is because of broadband becoming Yes. Wider, right? Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about that a little bit. How is it really possible to fit all this? Because now I'm thinking of the scope. Okay, if everybody in the house is hooking up one thing and you've got a house of five people, <laughs> that's five things in one house. Now, if everybody does that, right. and then the whole world does that. Yeah. So you, broadband is really what made us able to do that. So let's educate folks on that so we can feel a little bit smarter about the whole concept. Yeah, broadband is, I actually saw something on Twitter this morning saying that there's been a study done that one-third of all rural uh, 
people don't have broadband, so they have like dial-up. And what this is is really, it's, yeah, it's weird, but it's it's the architecture. They don't they it's not profitable for Verizon or or. Oh uh, yes, we talked about that before. Yes, right? yeah, right. <laughs> to lay the high-speed broadband lines when they actually have to lay like a mile of line for one house, and that's right. what you're running into. But broadband is just the speed and it's the throughput in the broadband, right? So how fast your data can travel and how much data it can handle. So they they really do equate it to like a two-lane versus four-lane versus six-lane highway so that the highway is, is the availability for you and others to contact and go through the internet. Okay. But highways get traffic jams. For sure. So that's why you probably see if you click on and our routers and so forth have sure. the same issue. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and because usually when you're interacting with the Internet, you're outside your own network, you're at the mercy of whoever else is connecting to the server. So it's just, yeah, every, t- every time you click a link, you expect it to go, you know, like that. Right. And sometimes you see the little squir- little uh, the circle or used to be an hourglass. <sighs> the blue circle. Kinda, yeah. Or if yes. pinwheel if you're on, on yes. Mac. Yes. And that's, that's, that's a traffic jam. Hmm. So how are those in the know, way above our level of, of interest and concern, guarding against a huge, massive lockup grid? It's how just, are they protecting us? Yeah, from it's just hardware. It just, seems uh, just to me that it could really it. happen. I don't mm. want to sound all ooh, sci-fi, <laughs> but it just seems to me that if everybody is jumping on board with this, there's got to be some repercussions. Yeah, oh, for sure. I mean, you, you need to stay you need to stay um, patched, fully patched with all your software and hardware so you have the capability to handle higher speed traffic. Right. And, oh, boy, aren't the providers thrilled yeah. about that, right? <laughs> because that's more money in their pockets. Sure. Um, Business Intelligence, Business Insider's yeah. premier research service says that there will be more than 24 billion IoT yeah. devices on Earth by 2020. Yeah. That's approximately four. Four devices for every person on the planet. Yeah, yeah. When you I, think I'm about just it, I mean, dumbfounded. You should see my face. That's <laughs> wow. Is that okay? Uh, whether it's okay or not, you're not going back because I it, it's kind of it's interesting because with the way smartphones have kind of developed, it's become like a special hardware specialization now. Before you th- you wanted your laptop to do everything, and now you have a smartphone for you know just surfing the web, a laptop for you know, input-heavy things, and you might have an e-reader for just reading, stuff like that. So you have multiple devices now. The day of one device is... So now I'm picturing a person with a backpack with all their (laughs) stuff in it. Like, to go somewhere, I need my tablet, I need my e-reader. Oh, i got to have my smart door. i got to have the charger. Isn't it too many things? And maybe someday they'll put them all into one. Um, portability, yeah. I mean, I think so. Maybe not in my lifetime. (laughs) Probably not mine either. We'll see. So I guess uh, there are other ways IoT works also in manufacturing too, defense, transportation, all of those things too. Um, Even for assembly lines, for manufacturing things, um, so that things can be set up in time. I would bet you that even some beer companies and things like that do that because they have to reset the entire system to Mm -hmm. do each new situation. So, I don't know. Do you have anything that you use for the IoT? Well, I don't. Uh, I mean, I have a router, right? So, the, the, any anybody has a router. Is it your phone, technically, if you have any kind of, like, background processes? Anybody? I don't have one, but uh, if you have, like, a Fitbit, that's constantly sending. Yeah, there you oh go. Oh, my gosh. It's sending I'm your in, information in. to the I cloud, right? I didn't even right? know. Yeah, oh. so... 
Um, You you have it whether you know or not, really, because, I mean, the smartphone can be an Internet of Thing piece of equipment, but also not because you can interact with it. So it's kind of, I guess you'd call that probably like a hybrid. Yeah, so maybe an Internet of Things is really more a stationary device than an active device, more passive, I guess. It does the one thing that it does. It turns the alarm clock on. It turns the coffee maker on, what have you. Okay, my biggest concern about all this is security. For sure. So now we're buying stuff from other countries. Okay, maybe, I don't know how we stand as as a nation for our security level with the things that we manufacture. I would imagine we're pretty good. But if you're getting things from other nations that maybe aren't as savvy as we might be, how safe is it going to be for me to hook up that device? Yeah, I mean, it it depends because, I mean, all of our all phones and routers and everything are manufactured overseas, but they're tied to an American company's reputation, essentially. Right. So, like... Be safe, you know. I mean, uh, make sure but that you change your passwords. These devices can be hacked. Yeah, for sure, and and that's you why, know? like, they say that one of the recommendations they say is always change your passwords on the um, uh, on your router. Always change it and put on uh, the security if you want to. Uh, one thing they say here is the uh, plug and play. So what that is is when you, if you've ever plugged in um, a USB drive to your to your, like a computer, you'll see it installing some drivers. That's pl- that'll that automatic installation is um, plug and play. So instead of having to plug it in and then manually search for the new device and install it, the plug and play is kind of an Internet of Thing feature where the computer and the USB drive interact and, and talk, communicate and uh, talk to each other, and so you can use them without having to actually do anything. Uh, and one of the recommendations after that hack is to disable that so you have complete control of everything you're connecting physically. Okay. So this sounds like a lot of work to just get yeah. my coffee maker to yeah, turn on I mean, for me <laughs> when I could get up and do it myself. But I see the point. I see the point. We, we do have to be responsible about these things, but I don't know how many of us actually do that. I mean, I, I don't really change my passwords on anything that often unless I forget them. Yeah, I mean, for the most part... I mean, is it like spring cleaning every January we should go through and <laughs> go. change our passwords and yes. so forth? Um, the Internet of Things really is more of like a business uh, infrastructure than really personal. I like to just introduce people to it so they understand that right. there's things communicating without your interaction. Right, and I mean, when you go to buy something now, you might want to look and see if it has an IoT feature. I'm sure it has a regular on-off, but some of them probably say, and as a bonus, you can connect this... Yeah. Do it that way. But I bet eventually that will not be just an option. You'll all of them yeah. will be IoT. Yeah. And I don't like when they phase stuff out. You know, I had a lot of nice analog televisions that yeah. I had to get rid of, right? <laughs> right. So I don't like when they phase stuff right. out. What about data sharing? Because you know that these companies are gonna have us now. They're That's gonna know huge. what we're using and when we're using it and, and all that's nice and it's nice to be able to just lay in my bed and have everything happen for me. But that means somebody's keeping track of that yeah. information. You you have to keep keep on your toes with that. There's a good example of that is a couple of years ago, Adobe, who creates digital editions, which is uh, the EPUB version of uh, eBooks. So if you have a Nook, you would need Adobe. Usually, you need Adobe Digital Editions in order to uh, read that eBook. And a, a new version of a Digital Editions was reporting on your inter- your uh, interaction with the book. So if you're looking up a word, uh, how often you read, how long right. in one sitting, and it was automatically uploading that information to their servers for stats and when they when they got exposed they had to backtrack and take that option off because mm. it's collecting data which is good but if you ha- it's it needs to be an opt in not an opt out feature and if you turn it on by default and you don't know what's happening it's an opt out feature 
Right, because this is why you get pop-ups. You know, I I think I was looking at a mattress ad the other day, and now I've got nine emails on, hey, would you like to buy a mattress? You know, so I get it that they're trying to help me as a consumer, but it's also kind of annoying, and we're doing it to ourselves without even realizing it. Yeah. I also know that the Internet of Things helps with uh, cities, too. They're using Mm -hmm. it in cities to uh, plan traffic and things like that. But I wonder if it will eliminate necessary jobs. If we have more Internet of Things, let's say turning on the bridge at night or whatever it is they need to do, um, that means that the guy who does that might not be around. Well, How do we feel ex- about that? Uh, well, a recent example is the Mass Pike. They went to automated tools, and those are Internet of Things, and all the toll booth workers are out of jobs. Um, so it's, it's tough. I, I remember listening to the NPR saying that the Department of Transportation made an effort to retrain the toll booth workers so they could have jobs in other departments. Well, good. But there was only so many. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, it's just like, I guess, when VHS was going down the yeah. drain, the <laughs> folks that owned Blockbuster and stuff, you know, you probably said to yourself as a worker or even a store franchisee owner, wow, I got to think ahead because yeah. this is going to be obsolete. Yeah. And it's funny how things like that happen. You know, I know a lot of our listeners maybe don't even remember Blockbuster because it seems like yes. such a foreign concept <laughs> now that you would go to a place and you'd spend hours and hours right. looking at yeah. movies and then you'd actually have to bring them physically back to the place, <laughs> sort of like the library really used right. to be more yeah, of sure. an in-and-out kind of situation. So I'm wondering what uh, markets will be eliminated by this Internet of Things and who will be affected, and that, yeah. that concerns me too. Sure. I, I know that faster is better, but not always, and at what cost? Yeah, I mean, usually privacy is the first thing you have to give up, unfortunately. But it's right. it's that's there's so many watch groups out there nowadays to make sure that the big companies that try to increase their profit margins by getting stats are held accountable for any kind of invasion of privacy. Right. And I think, too, you know, some of these manufacturers probably count on the fact that we're not going to read yeah. the fine print and that we're just going to, like you said, yeah. it's going to do it by default. Yeah. Because, I mean, every time I get one of those situations where it says, have you read and agreed to the terms yeah. and conditions? No. You know nobody yeah. reads that. I mean, newsflash. Maybe some people read it. But I just always click yes and half yeah. the time I don't even know what I'm saying yes to and that's yeah. my fault but I bet a lot of us are doing that for sure yeah so I hope that you know with this internet of things it's nice to have technology and it's nice to have convenience but let's just be smart about yeah. it yeah take know? it slow you know yeah. I mean technology is going to move quick enough so it's going to it's up to you to slow well, down well and it seems like every time I learn the new thing there's another new thing <laughs> to learn and now it's time for your technology tidbit food for thought All right, so ATMs are considered some of the first Internet of Things objects, and they went online as far back as 1974. Wow. I can remember the first ATMs. Yeah? Yeah. The big, bulky, yeah. um, awkward, noisy, <laughs> beep, 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 beep. Ooh, now it doesn't have yeah, that. And now they have paperless, which was a big yes. deal. See, when you first used to do this, you would have envelopes that you would put yep. the stuff in, and now you don't even have to do yeah, that. yeah. Wow, amazing where we've come. So our next show, let's tell folks what the next podcast is going to be about. This is going to be an interesting one, too, because we kind of alluded to it a little bit. In each of our shows, we talk about this kind of thing. So I'll let you uh, tell folks. So when I was looking for topics, I I went back to the classes I teach in the library, and one of them was digital security, just how to be safe online. Yeah, it's a big deal. It's a huge topic, so we won't get too in-depth in it, but these are kind of things to... 
uh, reminders to keep yeah. you safe. And now that we keep talking about this, you know, we keep saying security, security. What does that really mean for us? We're going to try to tackle that a little bit and maybe give you some advice on, you know, what basic <laughs> things you need to be safe. I mean, yeah. you know, new things keep coming all the time. And that's why we're here attempting to bridge this huge digital divide that <laughs> we right. have. That's so right. we thank you so much for being with us. Brad, let's let the folks know how they can get in touch with you and how they can take a look at the companion page in case they want to see any extra goodies that you've put for them. Yep, sure. So you can go to the website, wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, Bridging the Digital Divide. And we have a companion page there that will have this podcast and further links. And at the bottom, there's a comments section. And you can let us know what you would like to hear in future shows. Beautiful. And if they want to come visit you for some real hands-on yeah. know-how, how do yeah. they do that? We have tech help sessions four days a week, uh, Mondays 10 and 2, Tuesdays 10. And then there's a drop-in session, so you can't book it on Wednesdays 2 to 3, and then Thursdays at 10 o'clock as well. Beautiful. And we can call you at the library for that, too? Yeah, you, yeah. What, certainly what's the phone number over there, uh, just in is, case? I don't know. What the phone number is 978-658-2967, I think. Look I never call. That. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, we thank you so much for being here, Brad McKenna, our okay. guru, a Sherpa guide across the digital divide. And I'm Lisa Kapala, and we thank you for listening, and we will be with you again very soon. 